The world is changing at a rapid pace. But how do we ensure that new technologies not only create a better sustainable world, but also keep the rapidly digitizing world safe? Tasks are getting digitized, virtual collaboration is the new norm, and generative AI is disrupting all in its path. To stay relevant, companies and brands must continue to move in a new direction, focusing on short and middle-long terms. This asks for a different and flexible mindset. And therefore, humans, not technology, should be the priority. It's all about enabling people to make continuous progress and change happen. They are change makers. Welcome to Chats of Change. My name is Nart Wielaert and today we will explore this subject with two people here. We have on my left, I have Helene Koku-Wassink and she is the CHRO at Aliander. Welcome. And on my right is Bart Hardens on behalf of uh, Ordina. Um, can I ask you both to uh, briefly introduce yourself and uh, give us a bit of a glimpse on what you're doing every day? Helene. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks for having me. Uh, as said, I'm the head of HR for Aliander, which is a grid operator in the largest part of the Netherlands. Um, basically, I spend my days trying to um, work on the transformation of Aliander and, and its people, because the energy transition asks a, a transition of Aliander and therefore a transition of its people. So we work on enabling people to work in different ways. And um, yeah, I guess you know, in, in the change of the culture that we'd like to realize, um, yeah, help them make the right steps. It's, I have a lot of questions about that, about the culture and about what Aliander actually is doing, but we will get back to that uh, later, Helene. And we move over to Bart. Bart, what, uh, what is your role? Yes, Nart, uh, what I do at Odina is I'm the business director of one of the areas of Odina, and we actually create digital solutions. By that I mean we create websites, uh, mobile apps, and so on for a lot of our clients, helping them uh, on the way during their, with their digital transformation. Digital solutions in the full, I mean, in like everything or, or it's, specific it's a really, It's a broad range. We actually help clients uh, set up internal processes. Uh, we help them align their processes. We help them build their front-end websites, mobile apps, and so on. So it's a real broad, uh, really broad range of our services. And do you know anything about energy distribution? Or, uh, how do I call it? Uh, uh, grid operation, yeah. Operation? Do you know anything about grid operation yourself, apart from being, uh, of course, a consumer? Well, uh, indeed, apart from being a consumer, it's a, it's a topic that also in Belgium is a, a very high on everybody's agenda. And we all, we all know that... Uh, Energy will be a big thing the next couple of years. Uh, we're all becoming or trying to become more greener, of course. And within Odina, uh, it's a whole topic. For example, two years ago, we, we, we partitioned on a, a hackathon for Elia. I think it's a bit the, the Belgian uh, uh, side of what you are doing, Helene. And uh, we won it, and it was actually an app, an app that we created uh, for them uh, that tried to... Um, modify the behavior of the users behind the meter. Sounds very interesting, but yeah. if it's okay with you, we'll get back to of that course. later, because I think that's at the heart of the topic where Helene is working on um, every day. But to get things started, we would like to start with some quick fire statements. Helene, number one, tech innovations, are they either an opportunity or a threat? You have to choose. In the, in the script it said, or both. <laughs> And that's why I'm not following the script now, <laughs> because that is not a real dilemma. You have to choose. Opportunity. Opportunity. You'll get back to that later. Yeah. But which is more challenging, 
the lack of technological knowledge or the adaptability of people? It's the latter one, uh, the, the people part. Of adaptability course. of people. Of course. The topic of today, I guess. Helene, smart tech will render half of my workforce abundant in five years' time. No. Not going to happen. No. How much probably would you say? Um, I, I think we're going to retrain our people, so I'm not going to make anyone redundant. Okay. Um, we're going to keep them and make and make them work with all the new technology. The best idea. But to finalize this uh, this part of the podcast, you need to be young to adopt innovative technologies. Yes or no? Absolutely no. Okay, let's uh, start with the real podcast now. Let's start to dig into the topic of today. But I would like to know a bit more about change maker, but also about are you a change maker yourself? So, Bart, what is the biggest change in your own professional life? I mean, are you prepared for change yourself? How, how are you? Um, I, I like to think I, 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 um, I cope very well with change. Um, I, I embrace it even. And uh, if you're asking what are the biggest changes in your personal life, yep. or in professional, yeah, yeah, in personal life, my my little girl became a teenager last week, so okay, uh, that's a that's a challenge change. in itself, yeah, brace yes, yourself, uh, <laughs> indeed. And on the other hand, I think uh, not only for me but for a lot of people, the artificial intelligence, ChatGPT, and so on revolution is is here, and it's it's a it's a change maker too. It's, it's probably one of the biggest change makers that's Indeed, happening in yes. your life uh, yes. now. Why is that? Well, what is so, what is so, because why is it so deeply it, impacting it, everything? Well, it's, to me, I always say it's not an evolution, it's a revolution, this one. Like Google was a revolution and uh, it's going to impact a lot of people's work, not only my work. And we're only at the dawn of what it can be and will be. And I think uh, we need to jump on the train and see where we're going without knowing at the moment the true power of, of, uh, of uh, artificial intelligence. It's, it's maybe a bit like the early stages of the internet where everyone was investing in internet technology while having no idea where this would end. Uh, yeah. In my regard, I, I really think it's a revolution, not yeah. an evolution. So, okay. Helene, how about you and your own professional and personal life? How much of a change maker is in, is in you? Well, I'd say I, I really see myself as a change maker and to start on the more personal side. Um, Bart was also referring to it. I've become a mother twice, uh, which I think is probably the biggest change in, in, in a life of a woman you can have if it's given to you. Uh, not everybody uh, has the opportunity, of course. Uh, as a family, we moved to Australia and back to the Netherlands again, which okay. is probably the back is probably even a bigger change than uh, going there. Uh, moving... Um, Moving organizations, employers. Why did you come back from Australia then? Because that's such a great country. It's a long story. Okay. Uh, but in the meantime, <laughs> I've had to uh, adapt myself to being a diabetic, which is oh, wow. also a change in life, right? And uh, which is part of the reason for coming back to the Netherlands. Okay. And um, changing jobs, changing employers, uh, changing jobs within employers, um, I think is all asks you to be adaptable. But I think the change maker has been in me almost my whole life. I've been raised with, if you see a problem, it's yours. And I've, I see change makers as people, we'll talk about it later as well, but as mm -hmm. people that make a proactive, positive environment, on, uh, positive um, impact on their environment. And that's what I've been raised to do, whether it's picking up a piece of paper from the street, or if you see a meeting that's not running effectively, intervene, right? So that's that's I'm wired that way. If people are not wired that way, which probably a lot of people are in organizations nowadays, can you actually make them, can you actually rewire them? Yeah, look, I think um, 
having to deal with change is something that we do every day, but not everybody is aware of the fact that that's the case, right? So if you if you you have an iPhone here on the table and and having to work with a new update on your iPhone is already a change. If you've changed your password on your computer, the the first three times you do it wrong, right? Because you do it mm -hmm. autopilot and then ah oh, damn, I changed yeah. it, and you have to sort of go back again. And I think if we help people understand that small change is also change and we give them the confidence to, to always take the next little step, they, they can at least become um, adapters to change, mm -hmm. change makers, which for me has a more proactive uh, yeah. connotation to it. Uh, it's, that it's, might be more difficult. Yeah, it's an optimistic yeah. view that you're. I mean, sometimes when we, I mean, when you read about change projects, it's always like it's always like there's problems ahead, and it's always like change is difficult and change is, you know, it has this sort of negative sound connotations around it. But what you're saying is now we can we can we can all do it, and we can we can actually show people that they are all change makers in their own small ways, maybe. Yeah, but look, if we talk about change, people often first bring up resistance to change, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, there's a lot of positive information in that because the way I look at the world is you're okay and I'm okay. And these the people, the people at Oleander, all want to make a positive contribution to the world. That's why they work in the energy transition and they love their job. So if we propose a change, which we can talk about that later, but for instance, at the moment, we ask them to work without tension on the grid, right? So they have to switch off the electricity uh, in, a, in order to be able to work on the net. Um, for them, that's a change because they've been used to working with uh, with tension on the on the on the work. Um, they are resistant to that, yeah. but not because they don't understand that working safely for us is more important than working fast. But it's because they're concerned about our consumers that have to deal with without electricity for a while. So the so there's a positive drive, and if we understand, if we really understand it by being curious and asking questions and going to the Gemba and really talk to them then we can use that to see how we can work from that intent to different type behaviors. Yeah, yeah I see what you mean. We'll, we'll get back, we'll, we'll get back uh, more in depth about the challenges at Aliander that you already uh, mentioned. Um, but what you're saying, I think, is that there's, you know, there's potential in every person to be at least a bit of a change maker. Um, but do you recognize that? And, and, and how do you deal with that in your and your project that you do at, with Ordina uh, at, at clients? Uh, well, I, I completely agree with uh, Elaine here. On, uh, the, the fact is that um, I, I translate mo most of the time as ownership, taking ownership. And uh, when you are, are asking people to change, it's always that people are, are by nature resistant to change. But what I found out is that if you uh, give them the bigger picture, and you take them in the change from the beginning, not drop something on them, then you can counter a lot of resistance. Yeah, but I think but when I understand you well, Helene, is what you're saying is that people are in fact not resistant to change, but they have to recognize that they are a change maker themselves. They, they, they also, they, I mean, you mentioned the iPhone and that, that you know, it's just small routines that, 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 that make a change in people. And if you, if you make them feel that that's also change, that they sort of, Proud, like okay, well, I'm 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 not this resistant girl or guy. I'm 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 contributing to change as well. Yeah, well, I think for me, there's a difference between being resistant to change or being a creature of habit. And I think people are creatures of habit. We all sit at the same place at the table when we have dinner with our families. Yep. We take the same route to to school, to work, to wherever, right? So, um, so uh, and the, and we love that because it makes our life easier. There's yep. so much to deal with. 
and in, in that space, we also need to breathe and our heart needs to keep beating and all that. So, so the simpler we can make it, mm. the easier we can deal with all the other noise around us. And for us, the, the change part is helping people change their habits. Yeah. It's, it's the change part. I mean, I recognize that, that, that we are all creatures of habit, um, uh, Bart. Is the change part, is that still a bit overlooked in technology projects? Is it still somewhat, is, is that too much focus on the technology side of it? <clears throat> exactly. I think uh, in the, the most projects we do nowadays, the bigger ones, the, the digital part, the technological part, is actually the easy part. It's, it's the, the part where you need to embed the things you changed in the organization that are hard. And, and then you have some, some ways to, to try to, to soften it, mm -hmm. eh? involve people, explain, uh, and so on. But I think the, the human part in the change factor is always the hardest part. And that's why I always say uh, to, to the colleagues, uh, thinking of a solution, thinking of a, a technical solution, that is the easy part. Now go and evangelize the solution and try to involve everything and, and get everyone on board to do the change. And a lot of, of that's, that's what our DNA also, they have a strong focus on the human part, also with our clients. And I think a lot of our technical counterparts stop at the technical part, but we see a lot of the times that's, that's the part where the real work begins. Yeah, but it's, it's also the part where, I mean, uh, probably the, the, the software engineers and the, you know, the, 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 the IT nerds, they, they are full of ideas and they, they, these ideas, they are born from technology and then they just want to use this technology. But it's, I think that's, that's not just that that's a question to you Helene as well do you see that in the market that there's many technology providers who, who are still just walking on this technology driven path yes I would say so and when, when I worked at ASML I think uh, the and when we did the tender for who was going to be our uh, uh, IT partner the change management part was very undercooked mm. so we actually it's provided all ourselves because we felt that that the the, the, to really understand the nuts and bolts of the culture of your organization and the pride that people have in those habits that they work by. You have to be in it, you have to be, and, and you have to invest in really understanding that. And potentially a technology partner might also be too expensive to ask to do that, right? It's something that we can do ourselves, but it takes time. And I think the critical part there is that you allow yourself to really understand and if needed, jeopardize a bit of productivity on the short term in order to gain productivity on the long run. run. Because what I see is that like, productivity targets are kept the same whilst the change has to be adopted. Change adoption takes time. Changing your habits takes time. You, first you become slow, so you slow down to then speed up. And if you don't really slow down, you have a big issue. Because then people are, are not really going to immerse themselves in the learning journey because they constantly have this little voice in the back of their mind yeah. saying, you need to be. You need to be efficient. You need to be effective. Yeah. You need to reach your production target. Yeah. And then, yeah, I've I've seen big big issues emerge uh, emerge from uh, from taking that approach. Yeah, Bart, um, it's it's very clear. The human aspect uh, is very important in uh, getting technology, uh, well, in getting technology transformations um, successful. Do you have any kind of role models or examples or models that you use to, to make sure that this, uh, this goes right? Yes. Um, the companies where I see this go right are the companies that actually listen, uh, that listen to their audience, to their own people, but also to their customers 
and then integrate some kind of feedback loops where they structurally listen to the people and bring that information back to the, the business and then from there on do their work. Okay. So not the, the not not we we must shed away from the top-down driven companies where we have a blueprint of the future and we must be adaptable to uh, our environment. That's what you're saying. Well, I think it's it's actually two tracks. You need to you, as a business, you need to have a vision, you need to have a strategy, you need to do your research, your business research. You need to base yourself on okay. the numbers, but on the end, in the end, you also need to listen. You need to add the user, the customer, the, the, the employee feedback in your decision making. Okay, so let's dive a bit deeper into today's topic, change makers in a digital world. The world of work is at a pivotal moment. Tasks are getting digitized, virtual collaboration is the new norm, and generative AI is disrupting all in its path. To navigate these choppy waters, businesses need to be more agile. To Ordina, digital transformation is a state of being. It's about a mindset, so humans and not technology should be the priority. It's all about enabling people to make continuous progress and change happen. Empowering everyone within the business with this mindset and becoming change makers is key for a successful digital transformation. The word digital transformation. At Aliander, uh, Helene, enlighten us. What is digital for Aliander? Uh, there's, a, there's a number of aspects there, but it starts with creating a digital twin of our physical grid. Right? So we have a, an electricity, a gas, and a, and a you could say, heat grid. Um, that's all underneath, underground, right? And for us to be able to balance that grid more effectively so that we can put more people on the grid, uh, we, need to, we need to digitize it. So we need to make it smart, a smart grid. Um, for us to be able to balance the usage. So, so that's what, what, what I've always understood is that um, we, we used to have these large power plants and, well, they still are here for yeah. in, 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 in a way, but now that we are more dependent on wind and solar, is that we that there's, there's a, an enormous challenge to to balance the, the power on the net, right? Or it's maybe yeah, that's so, it's, so it's, it's, it's on both ends, right? So it's in supply and demand. Okay. Um, so to start with the supply side, which is what you talk about, right? Yep. So that used to be a one-way street. So yep. from, say, the, the coal-operated energy factory, put it on the grid to companies, to, to businesses and, uh, and consumers. Uh, nowadays, we also um, uh, have energy production basically on everybody's roof because they all have PV panels. And there's obviously um, also windmills and, and other ways of, of creating energy, right? So, so the energy starts flowing both ways, mm -hmm. uh, which is which is not what the grid has been operated for. It always was a one-way street. So that's, but how does that's digital help solve this problem? Uh, because um, the the way let me use, let me let me finish mm -hmm. first with the supply with the demand side, yeah. right? Because in the meantime, we also are electrifying, uh, and the usage of of energy and especially uh, what we try to do, green energy, is uh, increasing rapidly, right? So, and it's, it's, uh, it's basically exponential, right? So it used to be sort of a, a pretty uh, predictable path, but now that a lot of people have electric cars, all our um, kitchen supplies have Wi-Fi, um, we have solar panels on the roof, and we all use uh, dryers, right? So if, if you want to use solar wind power, you can also put your laundry on a rack outside, but we all put it in the dryer, right? So... So, this, so our, our, our behavior as consumers and businesses is changing. A lot of businesses are moving away from uh, fossil fuel like gas operators 
and go to electricity as well. So the usage of electricity goes up. That means that um, the grid that has been uh, built and that we use to a certain sort of safety level in order for us to be able to cater for the peak, so, so around, say, between 5 and 7 in the evening, everybody gets home, plugs in their car, starts their their um, uh, induction cooking plate and puts on the on the dishwasher, that's when the usage goes up. So say there is a traffic jam on the on the grid. That's when we need to be able to basically open the, the third lane uh, that we now that we have a lot in the Netherlands, right? So where we but which is usually crossed off during the day, but in peak hour we open it, right? Mm -hmm. So that peak demand that we have, we try to balance that out over the day. To flatten it a bit. To flatten yeah. it because if the, if the peaks get less high, yeah. we can put the normal usage up during the day, which means that we get a lot more houses or a lot yeah. more businesses on the grid. And then your the optimal grid. use of capacity that you have. Yeah. yeah. So if we, if we, by censoring and understanding the usage, also behind the meter, as we call it, um, and, we, and we understand when which users are, are either putting energy on the grid or taking it off the grid mm -hmm. and being able to balance that, we can improve or increase the total usage of the grid yeah. because the peaks won't be so high anymore. This does make a lot of sense, but what do you need to, I mean, you, you, it's probably not, not it, it makes sense, but it's probably not very easy to get this going. What, what do you actually need to change in terms of infrastructure, in terms of organization, in terms of, I don't know, uh, what, is, what is the big challenge that Aliander uh, stands for? Well, so, th so this is so. Uh, there's there's a lot more than just uh, operating the grid more effectively because there's also innovations in the way we actually work on the grid, right? Mm -hmm. And in the way we work in the offices and what have you. But let's if we focus on yep. grid usage. Basically, what it means, if I if I sort of dumb it down a little bit, is putting sensors in the net, uh, reading them out, and um, making agreements or new contracts with our customers about when they can and when they can't. Uh, either put energy on the grid or take it off, right? Yeah. So, because then we can control, um, yeah, basically how busy it gets on our yeah. on our traffic jam on on our roads. Yeah. And, and and right now we're talking about well technology, about infrastructure, but we said okay, well change we need change makers to get to get transformations going. What what is their role in this? What, what's where where's the human part in this? Well, there's there's a. Um, you can imagine there's a lot of different aspects to that, right? So it starts with the people that actually come up with the ideas of how to do this, right? So there's a lot of innovation going on. We have an innovation hub. We have a whole systems operations uh, unit. We have about 1,200 people working in our, in, in our digital part of the company. So it's, it's being innovative. It's coming up with the ideas. It's, it's, it's figuring it out because we, the energy transition hasn't been done before. So when you come work with us, you, you get to come up with really new ideas, which is really cool, right? So that's so those are, I guess, sort of the 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 ones that get the change it's going. It's a mental change. Yeah, in the but that's a more sort of content-driven change. Mm -hmm. The bigger change is around, uh, the, I guess, the culture we came from, which is all about reliability, predictability, safety, because we have one of the most reliable grids in the world, and we'd like to keep it that way. Um, and if you work on our grid and you make a mistake, it can either explode or catch fire, mm -hmm. right? So you have to be really careful. For us, obviously, to, to innovate and make changes, you also have to experiment. And you can imagine that experimentation, compared to being reliable, predictable, working on safety, yeah. is a bit of yeah. a different DNA. Yeah, it's sort of conflicting. Yeah. 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 So, that's, so that's where a lot of the, the change makers come 
uh, when it comes to uh, working with actually the people uh, in our operations units that uh, that actually work on the on the grid rather yeah. than innovating the grid. Yeah. Yeah. Do you recognize uh, any? And uh, I mean, you you work on plenty of projects, and you also, as you said, you you know a little bit about the, the her sector. Do you recognize what she's telling? I think the challenge for a lot of companies at the moment, and I don't have a clear cut answer, but the challenge is how can we in a in a uh, fast changing environment. Uh, optimize our organization to follow that change. And a lot of the times you're coming down to, let's take a look at our, at our operating model and see how we can do small changes and mm -hmm. then embed mm -hmm. them in our organization. Of course, there is no standard success recipe um, to do this, but can you give us a bit more guidance on how organizations can make sure that they are connected to, to their environment and connected to, you know, developments in their, in the, in their environments to, to be adaptive? Yes, so uh, for me there are several aspects on that part. Uh, first of all, you need to listen. Listen to your consumer, listen to your employees and feedback that information to, your, to the business. Secondly, of course, we, we talked already about operating model of a business. Uh, we talked about agility, uh, uh, having an, an agile operating model, meaning you can see and detect change and then uh, put it through your, uh, put it in your organization and realize it is, is another aspect. So you need flexibility in your operating model. And the third part is, is actually the human part, which is maybe even the most important part. That's how are you going to uh, change or how will you uh, evangelize a changing or an agile mindset in your organization? Because people need, need, uh, people, people need to want to change. And uh, that part for me is actually a part I think Helene can yeah. answer much better because that's a true challenge we encounter every day. That's what I was going to say. We have Helene at the table and she's probably, this is the heart of her challenge every day, the human part of it. So how, how, how do, you, do you have a success recipe for that? No, you haven't. No, but I, I do have a few, I guess, rules I live by or something, right? So, so yeah, whatever you want to call that. Um, I think a few things. So. You talked about listening. It's important to listen. I think that's where it starts. And listening in a in the in sort of the 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 real life, right? So go to people. Like I said, go to the gamba, as you say in uh, in the lean methodology, right? So and ask them questions and really listen and being curious about what it is that they have to tell you. And in order for them to really tell you what's going on and where you're probably going to stuff up. There needs to be a safe environment, right? And that is, you talked about um, uh, failing, failing fast, failing forward. Um, a lot of people are actually not that comfortable with it because they are afraid of the repercussions, right? So you, you have to live the fact that when a mistake is being made, you celebrate it, you do your face the failure exercise or whatever, right? So you have to really unwrap that. You celebrate the mistakes. You celebrate the mistakes because if you don't, people will not believe the fact that they are actually allowed to make mistakes. But do right? you actually do that? Yeah, well, and we could probably do that better, but we, we, we try to do <laughs> That's that. That's very yeah. honest, yeah. <laughs> I think there's always room for improvement. Yeah. Um, and I think the, and the other element of the listening is also, you can, do, you can use tools to listen, right? So there's social listening tools in the digital space, but we also have an employee engagement survey, for instance, in which we also ask open questions. And one of the things that we do in order to, to change that culture uh, is uh, we have a very active intranet. Uh, so our intranet is the best of the world, actually, which we are really proud of. And says who? Um, it says, is, says, 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 says the jury that 
looks at all that's the cool. internet sites in the world. That's very so, cool. Um, yeah. And um, uh, on that, we try to really have this open community and allow people to be critical and ask, well, specifically okay. ask questions. As I always say, don't complain, but just ask, right? You, there's, you can ask me anything. I may not have the answers, but I'll, I'll always try to answer your, your question uh, openly. And that really helps to set a different tone. Yeah. Right? So, so, that, so that openness to change comes with people's willingness to be yeah. vulnerable. Question marks are important then, I guess, uh, Bart. That's, uh, <coughs> but that's, that's probably what you do in, in a lot of projects. Indeed, we, we actually tend try to uh, do this in every project. We have, on, in most of the projects, my uh, area is involved as a design part at the beginning of it. And that's for us mostly talking, listening, and trying to find out what all stakeholders want to achieve in this specific project. Mm. And then translate it to a technical solution, of course. Yep. Helene, what is your biggest challenge in getting this all done? Because I'm sure that it's not all going very smooth and Obviously not always not. going the way no. you would like it to go. And if not, it would be boring, right? So it would. Let's be honest. And um, I, I think yeah. you are someone who loves this, who loves these challenges, <laughs> loves from what challenge. I know from you now. Yeah, careful what you wish for in this okay. field, right? Yeah. Um, I, look, there's a number of things, but the, the first thing that comes to mind is role modeling. Role modeling. Role modeling and consistency in your behavior, right? So because people are only going to buy into the fact that the change is real and here to stay if you're absolutely consistent. I, I mean, you, you, as a, you as a leader, you mean? You yeah, have or to, you, other you leaders in the organization, yeah. 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 And what, what do you do to make this role model work? Uh, well, there's, we, we obviously, we have leadership days, we do uh, team interventions, we do self-reflection, a lot of personal development. Um, uh, er, after every meeting, we have a, have a small moment where we say, how did this go? What can we learn? How can we improve? Yeah. So you, and, and to do that consistently, even if there's a lot of distraction with, with the running of the business, like Nart was saying, right? You have to keep that in, because yeah. otherwise you're not going to get but it, there. But it, it also, it, I mean, it, 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 it must be, sometimes it must be very hard to get this into, to get this, uh, to work at people, because what you, you said earlier in this podcast, Reliability of the network is is number one, and the reliability of the network in, in Holland probably yep. is, is 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 very good. And yep. then you're saying to engineers or other people in the field, like, well, Mechanics, yeah, yeah, of course, reliability is important, but let's for now, you know, you also we need we need you to experiment a bit more. I mean, if if someone comes up to you and says, well, you, we need a reliable network, how, how do you how do you what, what are you going to tell them? Well, we, obviously, we do not need everybody to experiment, right? So, no. there's, so you also have to figure out your target groups and who are we going to ask what of? Because if I'm going to ask all my 8,000 employees to experiment, it's going to be mayhem, right? So, so let's say we first identify who are the ones that we need to be change makers and who are the ones that we, just, that we ask to follow when the change is thought out, when it's, when it's been tested and tried, and then we ask them to adapt the way they work. But they, yeah. they are, they're not the change makers, right? So they're going to be the followers. Yeah. But of the change makers, um, yeah, what, what we try to do is, is tease them, is, is um, uh, challenge them. And our CTO is doing a real good job at that because he will always ask two questions. And the first is, are you thinking broad enough? Like, are you really stretching beyond what you think? Are you imaginative? So that's, I guess, the first. And the second is, are you going fast enough? And he will always be challenging us to sort of push those boundaries. Mm. And I think that helps 
because it also it gives you sort of permission to then go outside of the square. Thank you for being here. It has been very informative, I think. Helene, maybe a final remark? I think if you, if you trust the fact that everybody is curious about something and you're able to tap into that, that's when you can touch the hearts of every person and everybody can be a change maker. Bart. Well, for me, uh, we are always talking about digital transformation. After this discussion, it's clear we need to start talking about human transformation. Excellent. Well, thank you for listening to Chats of Change on Changemakers in a Digital World. In the previous podcast, we discussed changemakers in an accelerating world. Did you miss this episode? The podcast is still available. And in the following podcast, we will discuss changemakers in a safer world on the growing challenges of security. To stay ahead, please subscribe. I'm looking forward to the next time. Ciao.